So let's think of funny things to say. I don't know. How do you an op- how do you open a podcast about classic Sonic? It'd be funny about it. I don't know. No one's told me. I I've, I've just been sitting here trying to figure it out on my own. And I just don't I don't have anything to go off of. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. I think the people I think the people on Twitter know how to be funny about it though. Oh, for sure. Everyone on Twitter knows how to be funny about anything. Yeah. Anyway, I'm Mitt. I'm crap. <laughs> uh, this week we're talking about Sonic, but like the other one. <sighs> Come on. Do we have to? Of like course, this, we like love the Sonic him. We've been talking about though. He's back. What do you mean he's not the one we've been talking about? He's been here this whole time and he's back. He never left. He's back. I, I like the Sonic that we've been talking about. I'm, I hold him in my hands. He's real. He's real. So I tell you. He is real. If you're just tuning in, we've already previously confirmed in our canon deep dive uh, episode that the Sonic from another dimension is just a timeline split Sonic. Uh, He is specifically classic Sonic. Or rather, he is specifically Sonic who has been spliced right out after Sonic 3 and Knuckles and then thrown all the way into Sonic Generations and then he got thrown all the way back. And that causes a different timeline, which in Sonic language, that means it's a different dimension. Yeah, because, sure. Yeah. So... We're not going to be talking about him canonically, because I think that's pretty much everything there is to say about it. But we're going to be talking about why he's here. <laughs> like, what's he doing here? Selling merch? Yes. Yes. Oh, he's selling a lot of merch. Yes, and I'm buying it. I've bought some of it, too. I, like... The problem is that I do like classic Sonic... I like him a lot. I like a lot of Sonic. I like a lot of the Sonics that there are. I don't like everything that they've been doing with their current interpretation of what classic Sonic is. I'm I'm, I'm iffy on it. Like, it's just classic Sonic. I don't really mind. Um, like, he's a little different. He's got some differences. And, like, I, I think now they're leaning harder into... Um, there's a there's a more specific word for it, but the only thing I can come to right now is like stock image. He mm. he looks a lot like all of like the flat promo art that they used of him that wasn't really for any specific game. Yeah, like um, the developmental art assets. Yeah, like he he looks like model sheet stuff. Uh, he's right. he's very close to the model sheet, which isn't necessarily how he he looked in a lot of main promo art, and especially not in like um in the the Sonic Jam. Uh, Images, mm-hmm. Sonic's the screensaver stuff. So like, he's a little different. He's he's a little softer looking than he used to be because like, they have to make him more different from modern Sonic because modern Sonic is the main Sonic, which means that he has to be everything that classic Sonic used to be, um, only modern I guess, and classic Sonic has to be given a more different purpose than that like to further separate them like what what sense are we talking about here because uh i think i just kind of came into this this subject with a different frame of mind i was thinking mostly about classic sonic in generations and forces specifically oh i was thinking like just everything just kind of everything yeah yeah because in in regards to 
to those two instances, um, like, if we're talking gameplay, neither of them are right. They're both wrong. Like, the closest one is Generations on the 3DS, which is, mm-hmm. like, eerily close. It's kind of weird how close Dimps got it, of all people. Um, not that they incapable. are the people who made Sonic Advance 1, 2, and 3. I think they just they get a bad rep because they decided to use their Rush engine for Sonic 4, and that was a, a huge mistake. Yeah, I yeah, just dimps post advance because the, yeah, were were they responsible? Were they yes, they were responsible for uh, Sonic Genesis, Sonic Genesis on the GBA because that uses the advanced engine, but broken, right? So, and they, I, they, I discussed it before. Dimps, yeah, they had a hot streak, and I discussed it before. Dimps has a a long lineage. They were uh, founded out of the team that made Sonic Pocket Adventure for the Neo Geo Pocket Color. So they, they've got the heritage. Yeah, like, it's not that they don't know what they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. They 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 fumbled for a while. It was pretty, it was pretty nasty for, for sure. a while. Um, but you're right. Generations 3DS was the most, like, okay-feeling classic Sonic gameplay of... Of like the Renaissance, uh, that that isn't Mania. That the games that have classic Sonic that are not Mania. Yeah, which is wild. I guess that's part of why they just reuse the original level design for the classic era. Yeah, and like it kind of works. There's some discrepancies, but for the most part, you're pretty much just playing classic Genesis Sonic, and it's uh, responsive and it feels good. I always wanted to give Generations 3DS a try, but I haven't. I just haven't. I haven't, haven't picked it up at any point. It, it's it been a while, but I do remember it as being one of the very few examples of a 2.5D platformer feeling, like, good and not mm. gross and mushy, because I have that problem with many of them. Right. That's kind of a big deal. I think the only game I can think of that I felt that way with is, like, Mega Man 11. And even then, that's, that game still has, like, minor issues with, like, jump distance and and evaluating that but it's a lot better than say Mega Man Powered Up or or you know also uh, Maverick Hunter X on the PSP and several other 2.5D platformers I've played. Yeah, the um the new Donkey Kong Country games are also good about it, but like mm. I feel like they are also looser feeling, but in a way that feels intentional. Yeah. I kind of to circle back, that kind of is also how I feel about console generations with Classic Sonic, because, like, they really went out of their way to change the size of platforms and the like relative to level design, object design for the Genesis games and most other 2D Sonic games to make it easier with Classic Sonic to do the kind of platforming they want him to do. And he also kind of controls looser. Yeah. But you... Yeah, if we're talking about like classic Sonic in the in the macro sense, modern classic Sonic, like, yeah, I buy the merch. I don't, I don't have a problem with this. Yeah, I listen. They just came out with like these cool new four inch lines, uh, four inch line of figures. Well, like they've done it for a while, but they've released mm-hmm. the good ones now. Um, and it's what Mighty Mecha Sonic from Sonic Two, uh, Eggman and Sonic, and they're great. These are, like, the figures that I've wanted forever. And uh, in my perspective, they were miserable to get, but that's not important. Uh-huh. Um, but the figures themselves are awesome. And, like, I think that's really the big thing at the end of the day for me 
is that like the the new classic Sonic push is awesome for merch. We're getting so much cool stuff. There's so many like statues, and a lot of them are all pretty like excessively priced. Like the first four figures PVC statue, that thing's like seventy bucks, and it lights up. It's crazy. It lights up. Yeah. Um, at least the exclusive version does. I don't know if the regular version does, but it co- it's the star post lights up, and you can even have a setting where it's got the stars around it. It flickers <laughs> so that it goes around in a circle like how it does in the games. Oh my god, that's really neat. Yeah, it's good. Like we haven't had, we haven't had like thoroughly good Sonic uh, Sonic figures in a long time. Actually, it's... like. Have we had thir- Sonic figures as thoroughly good as this before? Yes. Okay. Um, the Jazzwares line was very good. Um, and that was circa Generations, a little bit before. Hmm. Because th- once that hit Generations and they started uh, learning, oh my god, we can make a lot of money from this classic Sonic stuff, then that was like the tipping point. Because they made a figure of classic Amy, and she doesn't appear... In, um, in Generations. And I think they're planning on doing Classic Knuckles too, but that didn't go anywhere. Yeah. And then that paved the way for Tomy, which wasn't as high quality as Jazzwares was. Jazzwares was a very poseable, very high quality stuff of the time. Um, some of the, uh, the articulation on them isn't like super... Well, like it's all great articulation at the cost of look. Um, the joints could all get really bulky sometimes. And if you care about it, then that's a problem. But that paved the way for Tomy to pick up the slack. Their, their little, like, two, three-inch figures aren't anywhere near as good as the Jazzwares ones were, I think. But they did release the best Sonic figure to ever exist, huh. which is the ultimate classic Sonic figure. God bless them. That figure is, like... It, well, it was 30 bucks. It was a really good-looking classic Sonic. It's super posable. It looks really nice. It's really clever with how it's put together. It comes with a bunch of different faces. It comes with a stand that you could pose him on. It is, bar none, one of, if not the best Sonic figure, I think. Hmm. And it's a shame that they only did Sonic, because now the the license is owned by Jack Pacific. Right. And I think they did another version of that, which I'm not as as keen on. I don't have it, but I don't like any of the product photos of it. And from what I've seen, it just doesn't look like it does any of the things that I like. And, like, I already have the Tomy one, so I'm not going to double dip. No. Um, but their 4-inch figures are great. Yeah, I it's... don't understand why it took so long to give Sonic figures leg joints, considering <laughs> what you do in Sonic games, but yeah, here we are. Uh, I've noticed with the Mighty figure that I've got that it's, uh, as you'd expect, a little top-heavy, which makes making him stand up a little harder compared to the other characters, so that's yeah unfortunate. I think the leg joints uh, contribute to that just a little bit, but again, it's kind of expected with, with his design. Yeah, Sonic has it too. Um, the Mecha Sonic and the Eggman are both a little more sure-footed. Eggman, because his body is entirely hollow. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has a bunch of leg joints. He's crazy, because he's got knee joints. He's got waist joints. He's got ankle joints. 
he he doesn't have toe joints, but that's basically all he's missing. Jeez. Oh, um, and then Mecha Sonic is fully posable, but his feet are gigantic, so like, right, you can't not make him stand up. But, uh, Sonic and Mighty both have ankle joints too, right? I think they do. I think you're right. Yeah, my memory says yes when I was trying to pose my Mighty figure. Yeah, it works better with with Eggman because his legs are a bit longer. I've got my Mighty figure uh, stationed on top of the Genesis from my Sonic Media Collector's Edition box. And I can get him to stand up there fine, but as soon as my house is rumbled by anything for any reason, he falls over. Yeah, I have mine leaning against the foot of the aforementioned uh, statue that I have, the Mm. BBC one, and Sonic is also there. But before that, he was leaning on the, uh, the ring box that he comes with. Right. That's actually not a bad idea. Maybe I should do that too. But yeah, they all have little holes in their feet, which makes me think that there should be something that they could stand on. Mm, but right. it, it's probably like a playset or something that I don't own. Maybe. I feel like I haven't heard anything about any Jack-specific Sonic playsets. There's a couple. Okay. But I think they're mostly for the, the smaller-sized figures. Yeah. I'm also just significantly less knowledgeable about this stuff. I've never been much of a figure collector. I keep up with it reasonably well. Um, The biggest shame with Sonic and merchandise is that uh, you rarely ever get, like, really good figures out of Japan. It's pretty much always a Western show. And, like, they're picking up the slack. We're we're getting really good stuff that you can just, like, walk into a Target and get, which is really crazy to think about if, like, you know what it used to be like with buying anything for video games the toy market for video games is crazy now Um, yeah but in terms of japanese figures it's pretty much just an android and that's been out of print forever yeah it's it's only ever gotten like one secondary print right i think so one and a half at least because i do remember one dedicated reprint and then at one point it got reprinted as like a nindoroid light or something which is the same figure but it comes with way less parts, and it was like $30. So, like, at that point, if you did, like, a little bit of sleuthing around, you could find the original Nendoroid for also $30, probably, because that's that was before they got, like, really price gouged. Mm. So, like, eh. I feel like the, the, part of the appeal of the Sonic Nendoroid is that it comes with 10 million things, so, like, there's no reason to buy the smaller one unless you're, like, you have one and the joints are a little worn down and you you need to buy new parts. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the appeal of the vast majority of Nendoroids. It's the swappability with the million of things they come with. Yeah. Now, here's the, here's the thing I want to uh, zero in on with merch. Um, mm. Which, like, yeah, they haven't done any modern Sonic figures in a while, right? They are doing it right now. Okay, doing like, it right now. Okay. They usually do it concurrently with classic and modern. It used to be modern only. And then mm-hmm. generations rolled around and that that opened that door and they haven't really stopped. Right. They barely do modern Sonic for other merch, I've noticed. Most of the like pins, uh like thermoses, charms, uh on the Sega shop, at least in the US, are classic yeah. Sonic designs. They have a whole uh, they have a whole section of Amy Rose merch that's exclusively the classic design, which, hey, I'm good with that. I think we're both good with that. 
but yeah. it's 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 interesting like they really honed in on the marketability of these designs like over the designs there that the, that the devs want to use primarily which is interesting it seems like from that account they're using classic sonic as a, a more defined chibi sonic rather than taking modern sonic and making him chibi which they used to do for merch especially i can recall uh charms and stuff that came out of japan mm-hmm. um which is interesting because topical uh super monkey ball banana mania oh, yeah. has a bunch of chibi uh sega characters and the sonic characters are classic yeah which like they use the classic Sonic model for uh, his appearance at Banana Blitz, too. It's the same one here, but, like, they didn't necessarily have to, yeah. I guess. The The reuse of developmental assets makes sense, but it's also, like, Sonic was the only guest character in, Banana, in the Banana Blitz port. Now there's uh, currently four revealed for Banana Mania to, to date this recording a bit. Um, yeah. I'm sure before this goes up, they're going to reveal a lot more, but like there's four of them. So at least at least three quarters of the new cast so far has been new assets. So yeah. it's just like a little surprising if uh, or, or it would be rather it would be a little surprising if they wanted to drop the classic Sonic designs at all, um, that they wouldn't have done it. So I think I think they really want to have classic Sonic and Tails specifically for this. Yeah. And maybe part of it is also that making a chibi of modern Sonic in 3D is a little weird to them, because mm-hmm. it'll probably inevitably look like classic Sonic anyway, whereas it might make a little more sense in the context of a two-dimensional image, which is, like, what I'm thinking of. Like, I'm remembering uh, a little rubber charm of, like, Sonic being held up by one of his quills. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was a, a chibi modern Sonic. Yeah, I could totally understand the mindset of, like, they wouldn't do Chibi Modern Sonic anymore because Classic Sonic just is that. Yeah. Um, especially if they are, aside from certain marketing angles, seeing the two characters as the same character, just two different looks of the exact same character. Like, that would make sense. Yeah. I was also thinking about the Nendoroid again when you mentioned, because that's the only, uh, the only other, like, Chibi-proportioned Modern Sonic I can think of. Yeah, that's the crazy thing, right? Is that uh, when the Nendoroid came out and that was big, everyone was like, this is a great design. It's like a perfect blend of modern and classic. (laughs) I think regular Sonic should look like this all the time. And I'm not even saying that to be facetious. It's just that's how how the response was to it. And it's interesting. Um, But I guess we could save that for another time. Yeah. That's the sort of thing that I've noticed anyway, is that uh, not only is Classic Sonic marketable, Classic Sonic is more marketable than whatever the games actually have going on. Yeah, Classic Sonic appeals by nature to a much more wide audience because you're also hooking in the people who played the original games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he has nostalgia factor, but he's also just cuter. Yeah, And that goes a really long way when it comes to making merchandise and being flexible about that plus like he's not just cute too like he still has a cool factor to him that gives him an edge but i also think that that cool factor feels a little more genuine than modern sonic not like in the 
not like in a rude sense, but like right. He he's not cool as a reflection of the times. He's just cool because he's cool to look at. Like he's a cool guy. Like Sonic period is cool, but it feels more like the way that they characterize modern Sonic now feels like it's trying a little too hard. Whereas classic Sonic is emblematic of a time period where like he was just cool. Like it was just cool to see him do stuff and play as Sonic. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, the use of classic Sonic is also kind of akin to the way a bunch of merch gets sold at Hot Topic because Hot Topic shirts are like a time capsule of of things people cared about, things people care about right now, and things people cared about ten to fifteen years ago, and yeah. especially in the exact way that people cared about them at that time. That's why, like, you do see video game merch at places like Hot Topic, because it appeals to the same crowd as all of the anime merch, um, yeah. all of the like, vintage anime merch. I guess that's kind of all I have to say on the subject there. At least that's that's what my thoughts were. Yeah, I feel like I had a thought to bounce off that with, and it's lost me. I just hopped out it's over the moon now. Yeah. I will mention that the the only Sonic merch I've actually ever bought from the Sega shop is the Mighty and Ray pins. And yeah, I think a friend, yeah, I think a friend got me the uh, Amy Rose charm uh, with a little pom-pom attached, a little Amy Rose keychain charm with the pom-pom from the U.S. shop as a birthday gift one year. That's it. That's all I've got. I've got other Sonic merch, but that's the only stuff I bought from the Sega shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all classic Sonic. I do remember uh I remembered what I was going to say now I forgot it again. This is a very miserable experience for me. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're also hot right now. True. Well, I'm hot all the time, but I'm especially hot right now. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to get on a train of thought with this. It's like there's there's so much to to pick apart with this. I think mostly what I'm trying to to get back into is like how they're using him marketing wise, and I guess why so many modern fans especially feel ire from that. Oh, like, interesting. That's because I think there's a big there's a big like obvious point on that one. Yeah. Now, well, there's a couple of things we could talk about with this. One of them is mm-hmm. that. They had to, like I said before, they changed Classic's design a little bit from from the older games to stand him apart more from modern Sonic. He doesn't look that bad. Um, yeah. He's... How do I put it? I, 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 I think also, though, it depends on what you're looking at, because they've they've been very fluid with how they're depicting him in different different places. Yeah, it feels like they're they're sticking a little closer to the, to like a model sheet. It feels like his brow line is a little more pronounced. You know what it mm-hmm. is? It's classic Sonic with modern Sonic design sensibilities. That's exactly oh, yeah. what it is. Easily because, because his, like his, that's the, sorry, his brow <laughs> line being more pronounced is like a distinctly modern thing. Yeah, I mean when they made the models for generations, like it, it's all made through the lens of how they were making character models for the last like four or five years before that game yeah that does that does really put it nicely though um because i've always had like issues with the brow line issues with the shapes of his spines uh in like uh in in specific ways he's 
rounder than he used to be, despite already being round. Like his his torso is just an orb. Yeah, I think part of it is is similar ire people have with um the way that the modern characters look in 3D. Like the way that, that their shapes are depicted. It's just translated to, to classic Sonic and that causes problems. But the difference is that uh, modern Sonic has, def- has a defined 2D look. Like whether you're talking about uh, Adventure Era Uekawa or now, mm-hmm. there's still a very defined and striking look for all of the characters that isn't represented in the models like at all. But with, class- with, the- well, with classic Sonic post-generations, they kind of reverse engineered that where now his depiction... Uh, is directly based off of the 3D model rather than the the 2D art being reminiscent of the old art or being its own thing or even really being like a new kind of offshoot of the way that the modern art looks. I think I know what you're talking about. Are you like basing some of these observations on like uh, the myriads of classic Sonic art that they've posted on the Sonic Twitter over the last couple of years? That and there's some uh, Sonic Channel art. Of him. Okay. Well, I think I haven't seen enough of the Sonic Channel art because when I think of classic Sonic Sonic Channel, I think of that one uh, wallpaper that came out around the time of Generations that Uakawa did that was in more of his sketchy style with the um, the intersecting outlines that that go off the character and the, the the lines off the character aren't erased and such, and sometimes there aren't outlines. Um, yeah. That style where it just has both modern and classic Sonic looking, you know, uh, bodies kind of pointed with a line of action, hand over their over their eyes. Um, I remember liking how classic Sonic looked in that one. Yeah, it, it's it, like I said, it's not bad. It's just it's different from the old art. Mm. And he's definitely shorter. He's got much shorter legs than he did before. And that's also another oh, yeah. thing is that he's, he's very tiny. Yeah, because that's something that's less emphasized in stuff like, uh, you know, the recent 30th anniversary comic or uh, a lot of Tyson Hess's drawings of classic Sonic in recent memory. Yeah. But still kind of emphasized in like the Mania intro. Yeah, and that's the funny thing about the 30th anniversary comic, though, is that inverts art because uh, Sonic himself is, well, all the characters are, but like just speaking Sonic specifically. Hmm is based off of the old, um, it's Yamaguchi, right? Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. Yamaguchi. Right, the old uh, Yamaguchi art. He, like, he looks right. Like, that's just how classic Sonic should look proportionally. Yeah. And I do think part of that is is the quills and um, the separation of the head from the body with the quills. And that was something that classic Sonic consistently did better than modern Sonic. Mm-hmm. Just... It was it was more a part of his design, to put it one way, because uh, modern Sonic is a lot more humanoid. Yeah, yeah. Modern Sonic like has a neck you can imagine, even if you don't really see it. Yeah, or at least there is a very defined separation from his head from his body. Yeah, of his head from his body. But I guess to touch back upon what I mentioned earlier, uh, there is definitely a subset of modern fans who are upset with uh, the additional focus on classic alongside modern, I would say with certainty that uh, they are not prioritizing either, uh, especially for the fact that they have not made another classic Sonic game after Mania. Mm -hmm. So I really don't 
see what the huge deal is. Um, it just kind of is what it is. Classic Sonic takes much better to merch than modern Sonic does. So, like, it, it's just a different audience, basically. Because I could see the, the like all the modern Sonic toys being especially popular with with you know younger kids, whereas the classic Sonic stuff would lean older because that's where the classic Sonic fans just are is that they're all older coots and they see that like they're us where they, they see that there's a, a figure of the death egg robot. And it's like, Whoa, I want that. Even though it's clearly a toy meant for children. I've seen that. I know it. Yeah. And we want it. So it's working. I think like also part of it is that, well, there's definitely a subset of modern fans who are, who are showing a lot of ire for classic Sonic focus. I think a good chunk of it is also coming from people who are self-proclaimed adventure fans. And that's, that's not to, like, single people out for enjoying the adventure, the adventure games. Lord knows. I, I hope people know how we started this podcast. But um, it's, it's more that there's a lot of people who are really attached to those games in that era who feel like they have not gotten the chance to, to be excited about their version of Sonic in a long time. That's true. And it gets it gets redirected and in, uh, into disliking classic Sonic for having gotten the kind of attention and revival that they wish they were getting. Yeah. Which is like super understandable. I've been trying not I've been trying not to um hold it against that kind of crowd, just hoping that they they understand like why they're driven to act and and think the way they're thinking. Um and I hope they get what they want because I also want it. Yeah. I think that's... The, to get a little meta for a second, there's definitely been a lot of discourse lately, and it, it feels definitely like stir-crazy discourse where it's like just everyone picking fights for the sake of it because nobody has anything to talk about. Easy, and yeah. I really wish that there was just some unification here. Like, everyone wants different things. Everyone wants different things. It's not like... It's not the slots argument. Uh, to elaborate on that, the slots argument is something used for Super Smash Brothers uh, when people mm. get upset that a character they want isn't added over another. And usually the reason they cite is, oh, there's only so many slots. They, that's a waste of a slot. You shouldn't have done that. And usually it's especially reserved for like DLC where you can only have so much. Um but that's not how planning works. Um, the only thing that I will say is especially kind of scummy of Sonic team themselves, and I guess Sega in general, is they clearly they clearly know uh, where the money's at with Adventure. They keep leaning into it. Mm -hmm. And they don't do anything with it. And I think that's scummy. Like, you're going to sit here and you're going to make cartoons about Sonic Adventure, and you're going to make remixes of Sonic Adventure music, and you're going to keep leaning into the culture around Sonic Adventure, like it's the most popular one, it's the one everyone likes, which, like, that's true. Right now, that's true, because that's where all... That's where the biggest market is. All the millennials are here, and they have money, and they want to spend it on the games that they grew up playing. So, Sega not doing anything about that, and instead just kind of appealing to no one, and classic Sonic fans, that's probably it. 
is that right now it feels like they are specifically catering like out of any audience, like zeroing in. It's classic fans. Yeah. Because the way I feel about like modern fans, like modern fans, um, is I guess similar to the way I feel about Paper Mario. And I'm about to make a lot of people angry. But it, it feels like that culture hasn't really had its time to develop yet. And because it is still ongoing and it is very new, it is very um, malleable and not very defined. We can't really say what modern fans are like we can classic and adventure because we know what the adventure games are. We know what the classic games are. They are defined. They are they are established in history, and like we know what they are. It is it is clear cut. But with modern, there's so many different takes, and there's so many subsets of the more defined takes. Like all the boost games are radically different. Um, I feel like the only one that you could really get away with lumping with another game. Or at least maybe lumping with a couple games is Unleashed Colors and Generations, just because those came out around the same time and there's a clear through line. But, like, it, are we talking Forces and Lost World? Like, does that get included in that? If if you're a modern fan now, are you only a fan? Like, are you going to go up to bat specifically for Forces and Lost World because those are your games? Are you going to go up to bat for, like, all of the, Rogers, uh, the Roger games or, like, all the Boost games? Like... Mm. I, it's it's hard to appeal to that because it's still happening. It's just what the new games are. So, yeah. like, there's nothing to go back to. It just is. No, I try to think about this stuff, and I can't really... I'm sure they exist, but I can't see them in great number, the kinds of people who would, who would go to bat specifically for Unleashed to Current. I could see people uh, defending everything colors onwards and then having some weird feelings about unleashed and i could see people defending unleashed colors generations and having weird feelings about lost world like there's there's weird gaps in the way that these games have been for the last 12 13 years that like don't lend them well to people liking them in swaths yeah it's it's tough it's it's tough to talk about too because it feels like an indictment um mm -hmm. that that's kind of the thing too like like i was saying with the adventure fans it's it's hard for me to want to hold too much against the kind of people who are making dumb arguments about current sonic games and how whatever about them is better than older ones or um i hope they never go back to this or it sucks that they're doing all this marketing because it doesn't actually affect me much and they're probably young, and they're probably going to develop more nuanced feelings in the future. And if they don't, probably still not going to affect me much. I don't know. It's I just don't see that crowd as mattering that much. It's it's extremely like to get even more meta. A lot of it is is just like here's the Twitter algorithm shoving like the most contentious and talked about Sonic take that everyone is choosing to pick on for the day. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's just part of the Twitter experience is that that gets engagement and that makes it feel like that's all that gets talked about. 
Yeah, it's just the social media experience. You'll get similar stuff from looking at your YouTube recommendations. Yeah, and I guess I just wish people would stop falling for it. Oh, yeah. That's why I don't like posting about it. I I rarely like talking about it. And even uh, with with this outlet, I feel like we're speaking about it broadly and constructively enough about it that it's fine and it won't really stir any, anything up. I think we're all, at the time of recording, we're not going to probably even reach an audience that would really get rustled up from us talking about it. Yeah, I, I also just, like, um, I don't think we're stirring the pot or anything, uh, and that wasn't me, like, trying to diffuse any feelings. I think you're talking about a lot of interesting and important stuff. It's more that, like, I can't connect with, um, I can't connect with it in the same specific way you do, because you get a lot more exposure to to dumb, asinine takes, and people being just awful about things about the franchise we like a lot for, for no good reason, or easily shut down reason that they won't hear. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a lot more exposure to that stuff than I do, and I'm happy for it. Um, I'm, I feel I'm, it's unfortunate that you get a lot more exposure to it. And a lot of people are in your position. They see a lot of this stuff and it gets them riled up and it gets them going. And it just continues the conversation and the discourse for eons. Yeah. Like part of it is a hundred percent just exploitation on trying to have an honest conversation about it. Mm-hmm. Like if you try to engage it and go up to bat, honestly, like in good faith, you lose. This is a losing battle for you. And, like, that stinks. Why wouldn't you want to have a conversation that makes you think about things? That's not what the person making the post is trying to do. Yeah. I mean, a lot of... (laughs) A lot of people who post contentious stuff on Twitter are doing it intentionally, and they're doing it to catch flies with honey. Uh, Sorry, not with honey. With, with, um with ant traps i guess is more accurately they're they're plant they're planting ant traps which like we go up and it feels like we get some sort of good brain activity out of it so we engage with it and it sucks it's bad for everyone yeah at the very least i can say that it's probably better to engage with it literally anywhere that isn't on like a social media website because just if you're talking about it in like a discord or something you could probably just bite the bullet and take the risk because it's a chat room what's gonna happen yeah. most of the chat's gonna disappear from people's memories within hours especially if it's a big place and if it doesn't then eh. yeah exactly uh i still don't like being in big discords for for stuff like that though it, it's mostly that it's, it's draining um being involved in or being adjacent rather adjacent to conversations like that often I just stop looking. Yeah, it. I think it's worthwhile for getting some kind of a scope on on what people think, but there there's so many layers to that that it's probably not even worth it. Because like, yeah. if you were to talk about, um, just to say a random thing, like what Sonic game everyone thinks is the best, <laughs> the the one that is widely agreed upon to be objectively the best as though there's an objective standard. Like this is the kind of level of, of obfuscation I have to talk on here. Uh-huh. Um, the, the, the common opinion held by the greater Sonic community, like we'll, we'll just say like a big official Sonic discord 
the opinion held by all the people in there is going to be different by the people online and the people in other discords that aren't necessarily Sonic related. And that's going to be even different from the one from the people actually buying the games. Yeah. It's all very different. And it's hard to know what is exactly right. And I think the pursuit of like the answer of like what really does well or not is a good metric to understanding what Sega should do or like could do, I guess would be better to say. Um which is kind of just the machine of capitalism in a way, but it it's still interesting to think about. Like yeah. There is no objective standard as to what makes a good game or not, but it is still interesting to understand what makes games more perceptive and responsive than others in a way that makes them stick around longer, because that can be useful in the pursuit of making more things that are like that. Yeah. I I don't like marketers and people in PR. I really don't like them and the work that they do, but I also do not envy their positions. Mm-hmm very weird feelings on it but that's that's about as honest as i can get in a in the age that we live in where for for decades decades upon decades um we've just been used to experiencing advertisement for any little thing in between the things we are trying to enjoy with our eyes and ears i've grown to hate advertisements and Everything that goes into uh, the meeting rooms of people who have to plan advertisements and plan marketing. Uh, it's, it's truly loathsome. Thinking about like movie trailers and how they are often not representative of the thing that we're actually going to get. Because they're trying to rope people in with, with very specific uses of music and uh, comedy most of the time. Yep. Um, and it gets very tiring. Uh not to even talk about um, the kinds of marketing that's exploitative in terms of misleading subject matter for the thing, like roping people in with uh, sexual, uh, um, oh, what's what's the word? Uh, no, I can't think of it because it's not allegory, but like uh, something, something kind of like that, where like they they lean in on sexual imagery to then get your attention and then advertise something else to you. Um, yeah, like that, sex appeal and sexual yeah. illusion. Illusion, yeah, thank you. So, like, that sort of stuff, all of that, like, congeals my brain to make me hate marketing and PR and marketers. But, my God, for sure, the kinds of people who have to do that stuff for, for brands have to monitor so much of public opinion that's conflicting. Uh, yeah. And they also try to steer public opinion to what they want at the same time as trying to gauge public opinion to figure out what people want so they can deliver. It It's mystifying. I don't know how they do it. And, you know, it's all grounds for abolishing the whole system. Yeah. Good God, that was a big tangent. But Sonic, the Sonic franchise is just as susceptible as that it, to that sort of stuff as anyone else. Now, it's nice that Sega at some point really leaned more toward marketing Sonic as a kid's thing eventually. So aside from random Hooters promotions in Japan, um, it they've mostly like stopped having sort of association with weird adult themes that are dumb 
for for yeah. marketing purposes a lot of that stuff got left behind with u.s gaming magazine culture that died in the 2000s yeah so i'm, I'm glad that all that happened but sonic is still susceptible to bad marketing i think about the sonic central stream that we we looked at earlier this year uh when it happened and we did the brief the brief discussion on it like how the sonic 2022 teaser was barely anything it was something there were things to glean from it but it was also barely anything and yeah that's that's what they have to do is they have to give us barely anything to make sure we're still engaged when they don't have yeah. more to show us which is funny in retrospect of that considering there was so little to talk about in that trailer or like okay there was so little to talk about in the trailer but there was also a lot depending on your your um your point of view but then also immediately after what there was to talk about lined up with things posted on 4chan like months in advance so we suddenly got mm -hmm. more stuff to talk about because we now know what the actual game is about yeah that was a weird situation to be in props to anyone who listened to the end of that episode so they were on the same page as us yeah but to, to tie back into classic sonic I do feel like there is something definitely to be said about the commodification of him. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess that is on one uh, metric that I can agree with people who were a little upset on the, the leaning of classic Sonic compared to modern Sonic. Um, is that it is definitely all marketing. They know that, that classic Sonic sells. And like, I'm not going to sit here and disagree with that. But... Yeah. It certainly speaks volumes that Classic Sonic got a game, and he's getting so much merch. Like, they haven't even made a Mania 2, and that's also another topic for another day. Why haven't yeah. they made another Mania game? That is something that bothers me a lot, that they've done comics, they've done t-shirts, they've done charms, they've done pins, they've done badges, they've done postcards, they've done, like, everything. Uh, that they can sell and stuff sometimes has stories they've done animated shorts they've done everything uh, with classic sonic since generations but especially since mania and he's just not he's just not in anything playable the last thing was forces and at this point forces is almost four years old that's crazy yeah, it hurts a little bit to think about, but... I, I remember when Generations was four years old. <laughs> Generations is almost ten years old. It is ten years old. Well, it is almost almost ten years old. Like, this year yeah. will be ten. This year it will be ten. I'm pretty sure this is going up before November. Probably. I, and I assume November. I feel like most Sonic games have had November releases. I know Force is dead. Yeah, I want to say October, November. Hmm. So, yeah, this should be going up before then. Sonic Generations will be exactly 10 years old soon. Yeah. Uh, so, it's, it's, just, it's just been a while. And at the same time, coming off of Generations and Forces, I hope that they're not just going to shoehorn Classic Sonic into Sonic 2022 again. I get the feeling they're not, because they probably would have leaned on him for the marketing sooner. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I wish they'd do something with him. 
Yeah. I want I want a Mania 2. Um, I want a Mania 2. I'm at the point where I would be okay with a Mania 2 that is, once again, recycled levels. Me too. Like, okay, that's another big thing. Um, I could certainly speak to that. That has been a hot-button issue. So, <laughs> let's let that be the last topic of the day, I think. Mm-hmm. Do we want to call it here-ish? Yeah. Yeah, so, recently, um, there's been a bigger push on people talking about uh, nostalgia in Classic Sonic with regards to the returning stages. And there's been pushback. I think that we're kind of at the resolution where the hot takes have simmered down. And, mm-hmm. like, the the people saying the, the nuanced takes that are a little more thought out um, are chiming in. Which is, nostalgia isn't innately a bad thing. Um, I think that we've gotten kind of stuck up on um, the specific reuse of a lot of stage tropes in a lot of modern games that diminishes their appearances, um, which is unfortunate. Because, like, how are you going to make a, a Sonic game with returning stages and it doesn't have, like, Green Hill Zone and Chemical Plant? You don't. You just don't. But, like, if you also do it in Sonic Forces, a game that has literally no reason to have either of those stages, mm-hmm. then, like, what are you doing? And I think I agree with you that, like, 100%, some of the magic in Mania is the returning stages because the returning stages are really good. In a lot of respects, I think some of them are better than the new stages. Right. I can feel that too. Yeah, I, I can I can get with that. I, I feel like um even though I like Press Garden a bit, uh it's like a little bit of a slower point in the in the overall game compared to a lot of the returning stages. Same for like Titanic Monarch. Yeah, Titanic Monarch is definitely the biggest slog in the game besides maybe Oil Ocean. Yeah. I, I had something to say. I'm trying to think what it was. Um, yeah, Force is like the most egregious thing in regards to, to returning like level areas, returning zones in the franchise. Not just because of, of Green Hill and Chemical Plant, but because of like almost every other level theme that's in Forces because they get more inexplicable from that angle. Like we'll set aside um, uh, Sunset Heights. Uh, as like the the one semi unique thing in the game, there's Metropolis, which we talked before, I believe, seems like it's supposed to be Grand Metropolis, but yeah. isn't. And then, well, it's just Casino Jungle, or Casino Forest, or whatever it is that's like kind of a merging of two different levels from Lost World, sort of, and they're yeah. all played like they're on the same planet in some close proximity to each other. There's also Death Egg. Um, it's just it's just strange the way they're leaning on these names and how, like, Chemical Plant is the only one that re- that returns, like, completely unscathed. Yeah. What, you saying that actually made me realize that, like, the way Forces presents its returning stages, it feels like nonsense. It feels like a weird nonsense mishmash of classic stages in a modern context that makes no sense like why do you 
it's one thing that there's a death egg. It's another thing that you go in it and it's the death egg, like death egg zone from Sonic Three, and yeah. that's just like it's cool. Like I didn't expect death egg zone to be brought back, but like why? They don't give why an explanation, do they? I mean, not really. Besides, like Eggman has a death egg because he's taken over the world, and right? I, I think it's like a weird base, like it's a jail, like Sonic's being kept in the death egg, and like sure. Yeah. Yeah, Whatever. that is Sonic's like, first stage uh, after the after the like pre-game Green Hill level. Yeah, and like, why, why, why would you have a, a death egg? Like, why is a death egg necessary? Like, it's iconic imagery. Death eggs are a big deal. Why would you have a death egg? Like, it's not even a new death egg. It's just a death egg. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah, and that's that's the sort of, I think it really gets at the heart of it, because it's just there for the sake of getting people excited at the iconography. Yeah. In Generations, it had a reason. In Mania, it had a reason. Forces is not, for, I say has not as if it still has a chance to. Forces did not give us a substantial reason for, for like why it had all these levels. Sonic 4 Episode 2 had a reason, and if you can't get over that bar, ooh. <laughs> uh, I will say also part of the reason I would be excited for a Mania 2 with returning zones is because they're not going to reuse the ones they already used in the first game so it's going to be a lot more deep cuts of course and that I, would be cool I definitely think the, the I've probably said it a million times by now the zones that benefited the most from the Mania treatment are definitely the CD zones those yeah. definitely feel like they got the biggest overhauls and I feel like either way, um, I I dig the returning zones because they all have gimmicks that are interesting and recontextualize whether they're new or from other zones, whether they're included in the game or not. And they're put in a new context that makes them so much more interesting. And like, I, I think even from a visual perspective, uh, well, this is just knitting the picks, but like <sighs> the, the new zones don't match the the art style of yeah. the rest of the zones which is like a very little thing but it's noticeable totally totally i think it's the sort of thing that we wouldn't have been we wouldn't have seen in the game if it wasn't just way more budget conscious of them to do what they did with reusing graphics with tweaks for all the levels yeah which i do prefer it makes sense to do that and i'm okay with it and well i think that's the other thing for me too is that what they did with the other zones i like more like as a mm. pixel art style than what they did yeah. with the new zones. That's fair. We've talked about this before, how um, in particular Press Garden and Studiopolis are a lot more hue shifty in their color tones than any of the returning Sonic zones, because that just wasn't how the original Sonic team, how the original Sonic teams, plural, were doing art for the games. They're also very dithered. They're also very dithered. It's very European pixel art, which makes sense given the dev team. Yeah. It don't bother me super much, but it's it's still like noticeable. At least like yeah. um, uh, Mirage Saloon gets out of it pretty nice. Yeah, Mirage Saloon looks fine. I think that probably helps that it's all based on Desert Dazzle. Yeah, it's all based on Desert Dazzle, which is based on um, Dust Hill. So like, it's got that that through line back to original uh, Sega Technical Institute artwork. So yeah, just just works. I've been saying it just works a lot lately. 
And it's been a problem because we have Todd Howard bot on our Discord server. So anytime I just say it just works, he shows up. Yeah, but I mean, he can't show up and call. No, right? he can't. He's also not on this server that we're recording this through. So thank goodness. As far as we're aware. No, no don't, don't say that. Could show up any minute. You know, uh, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe we should get out of here. Yeah, I, I, uh, no, no particular reason. Just, uh, I think, I think, I think I'm good. Good, you know, for the night. Maybe he'll even show up on you know, our I, website. I, I, I'm Crep. You can find me on Twitter, Crappy Blue. You can, I'm, I'm, I've been met. You can find me on Twitter, I'm Mitsumi Mario. And you can go to our website that was about to plug in a smarter fashion than I, uh, ltasonic.card.co, that's C-A-R-R-D.co, uh, and, and listen to past episodes if you want to. We got them all linked there. It also links to other places that you can listen to them, different podcast sites. And if you like hearing us talk about Sonic or otherwise, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash LTASonic, where you can give us money and you get access to exclusive content, including, but not limited to, us uh, reacting to like E3 stuff. And maybe more. We'll do more in the future. I promise. Yeah, we're going to do more in the future. For sure. Definitely. Guaranteed. Guaranteed! We do it for you. I hope that didn't clip. Probably didn't. Oh no, it's Todd! Ah! We'll see you in the next zone! <laughs>